Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast. It's a magic wand Monday. Magically, Ryan Herrera not here today, not feeling well. Guess that is it. He's not here in the middle. Me and Luke get to sit in Studio B and, like, not feel a little cramped. Feel comfy. Feel comfy. I can put my arms out. Luke Stuckmark, Cody Del Mendo, Kevin Wells running the ones and twos on a Monday at 120. We got a lot lot to talk about. We are going to grade Seiya Suzuki's 2023 season for you as our report cards continue. If we have time, we'll also grade one Patrick Wisdom over at third base. And first base. And and first base. And DH. (laughs) Did they try oh, him in oh, right he, field? Did he remember, play right field early in the remember, season? He might have. Remember when he played second base? Yes. It, like because yeah. in like Arizona, I want to say it he's was. their utility man, right? <laughs> yeah. Barb, we are live. Uh, yep, we are live. We are uh, live. We've got some breaking news in the division. Uh, we have an obit on the show, which which is never uh, fun. But World Series tied at one. They uh, play Game Three tonight, and. I, again, I don't really care who wins the World Series, but I wanted to tie in the Magic Wand Monday thing to this and ask you, of the two teams that are there, uh, Rangers and Diamondbacks, which team's path would you prefer the Cubs take in hmm. creating the next great or slash World Series Cubs team? And by that, I specifically mean, would you rather spend the money like the Rangers... Would you rather have Tom Ricketts and Jed Hoyer and Carter Hawkins say, beep, 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 back it up, and here's all the cash, and dumping it, you know, wheelbarrows of cash, or would you rather have that front office and franchise be creative and draft well? Why not both? Well, that's, I mean, <laughs> the, the, real I, an, the real answer is I want them to do both. Yeah. That is 100% I, you true. You forced me to choose one. I'm forcing you on Magic Wand Monday. Um, well, unless you want to go Magic Wand Monday and change the question. No. Nah. <laughs> Magic Wand <laughs> Monday. Uh, let's do a new question. Uh, no. Just because we're the Chicago Cubs, I would rather them go the route of the Rangers. But the Rangers, you can't deny that they are doing both, though. Yeah, they right. spent a lot of money the last couple off seasons, but they also have developed guys too. Like Evan Carter has had a big postseason. He's he's a homegrown talent. Um, you know they they have they have guys that they that they have you know developed and have bright futures. So yeah, I mean both really is a realistic answer. But um, the Cubs, they better. Like, I'll say this: they they better not be going into this offseason with the same approach as the Arizona Diamondbacks. 21st in payroll, and they're here, and, like, good for them. Uh, we'll see. Like, I will say this. The Diamondbacks have paid guys in the past. It's not like they're the A's. Like, right. You know, they, they paid for Madison Bumgarner. I, I, you know, some of those things that they pay for haven't worked out, but, like, I wouldn't say they're, you know, part of the bottom figures. They're not like the White Sox, who have never given a guy over a $100 million contract. Um but yeah, they they definitely built their team based off like drafting well and you know made some good made some good trades like they traded Dalton Varsho for uh, Moreno and he's it's worked out and I like, like Varsho he looks like a great catcher for them for years to come right um, yeah no that I would rather the Cubs be taking the the Rangers path obviously you got to spend the money correctly and if you don't you're gonna get criticized a ton Jed but uh, you can't be afraid. You can't let the moves of the past that maybe you paid for 
you can't let those dictate how you're going to spend money moving forward. Um, that's how I'm always going to look at it because at the end of the day, you're the Chicago Cubs. And if you make a bad move, realistically, you can just do what you did with Trey Mancini this year. You, you can't, you can do that. If you're, if you're a big market team like the Cubs, you, you can do that. Um, you know, when you talk about big contracts, I always have commended the Red Sox for, uh, remember they like DFA'd Pablo Sandoval handful of years ago and they they dfa'd him with like and he he was still owed like 50 million dollars or something like that he was just so bad for them yeah they've been like doing the hayward thing a couple years early right right so yeah i mean to me the the cubs should be doing like what the rangers have done but i i genuinely think that the rangers are doing both really well so mike dub says mondays suck but this chat and this show Make it better. Appreciate everybody in the live chat. Uh, Chris is taking his lunch break to catch the show live. Shout out, Chris. Here on YouTube. Uh, best way to enjoy the CHGO experience is to go online and subscribe to the CHGO Sports YouTube page so you don't miss any of the shows live. We're here Monday through Friday. Monday through Thursday live at 120. Friday's 120 is taped, but still a great show with the Cubs-related guys, uh, Corey and Brendan. Um, yeah, do you have a thought on that, Kevin? Anybody you... would any way you'd rather do it for me personally ag- agreed with Cody that like the combo path is the way to go. Mm-hmm. I but mean, I don't, I'd always prefer spending the money. Yeah. I just think variance in baseball's a lot. Like it's, it's so hard to determine what's going to make a clear path, but obviously when you have who's who the best players show up in the postseason, that tends to give you those extra wins Look at last the, – the Diamondbacks should be leading this series 2-0, but because you spent $325 million on a shortstop who hits a home run yeah. and puts that one in extra innings, that's where the variances weighed a little bit in baseball. So, obviously, I'd rather see the Cubs spend money, but that comes along with more expectations. Can they handle that? Can they – if they only win 92 games with, you know, a star-studded roster or they finish under 500 like the Mets did this year? I, I mean, there's, there's a lot that could go wrong there. I think it's intelligent spending. I know we've we've heard that. Un- we've term. joked about it. We've, yeah, we've heard that poor term before. But obviously, yeah, the Cubs should be spending more money. I think that the preferred approach and the smarter approach is to have several guys on nine-figure deals in premium positions. That's how you win the most games in baseball. I agree there. Uh, one team that doesn't do that and hasn't won the World Series would be the Brewers. But they've, they've done the developing part. Now they've lost their general manager – and possibly their manager, Craig Council, uh, reportedly in Cleveland today, just listening to them about their managerial position. My guess is this is a little leverage. Yeah. Whether he's going to Milwaukee or whether he's going to the Mets and his old boss and saying, hey, uh, how about all that cash you guys have been throwing around? If you want me to move to New York, this mm-hmm. is what it's going to take. I, I don't see the sideways move for a manager moving from Milwaukee to Cleveland. May, I, honestly, I don't. If it's the same, if it's the same thing, why would the guy go from basically unless he home just really to, loves Cleveland? <laughs> well, I mean, but like, I, great he, things happen in Cleveland. But yeah, uh, he he has he's always had ties to Milwaukee, right? Like before, even before he's a manager. So like, I I don't right. I don't see him leaving Milwaukee for another small market type organization like the Guardians. I think, like you said, I think it's about leverage. So. I would love for him go, to go to Cleveland, go, though, go, because go. at least he's in the American yeah. League. You know what I mean? Uh, I think I will say this. Uh, 
pretty telling that the Cubs haven't reached out, and I'm not surprised that they haven't. I know fans would be yeah. are probably annoyed that he hasn't uh, that the Cubs haven't reached out to him for an interview just because he became available. And in in some aspects, I am a little annoyed just because like he is who he is. But well, they have a manager that they but they, they still it, think it, is the guy, so they they could yeah. It still sh- it shows their confidence in David Ross and. Listen, doesn't mean like, they couldn't have made us backward, backdoor, you know, like right. phone call and like, hey, well, remember uh, if yeah, if just we're make available. sure that doesn't leak out though. Oh, I mean, that's the holy that's cow, the, David right. Ross. I mean, oh, that, yeah. would, that would be yeah. bad. It's not happening. Yeah. He's right. he's not coming here. But if we could get him out of Milwaukee and maybe they want to hire like Dale Swaim, former <laughs> Brewer, as their next manager, that would yeah. be a positive. Well, my thing is, is remember after 2014, I think I don't know about you guys, but I wasn't like out on Rick Renneria. I didn't think he was going to be the guy to manage a team for the next great right. Cubs team, but I didn't think he was the worst manager considering the talent that was on those teams. Um, and then out of nowhere, Joe Madden became available and the Cubs went and got him. Listen, you know? every, I, I understand that the manager is the easiest guy to yell about other mm-hmm. than maybe Tom Ricketts. If you're the Godfather, um, it's the easiest guy to yell about, but if you want to yell about, and I, I joked about Dale Swain, but if you want to argue about Mike Quaddy, Dale Swain, and Rick Renteria, tell me what players they really had on those teams. Like, how could you even Starling evaluate? <laughs> how could Darwin you even, Barney? Yeah, I mean, how could you evaluate those guys yeah. as managers? I know everybody's going to say, "Oh, they were bad managers." Look at the record; they were terrible. They made bad moves. But it's sort of like judging David Ross by the bullpen being worn out. Maybe he had some impact on. You can't even compare the roster that the Cubs had this past year to those teams. Those no. teams were like, yeah. so I, I'm all I all I'm saying is is that I wish that the Cubs were, you know, maybe you know, you the, wish it, they were calling. I wish they were, yeah, and sending it's, a fax. It, and this this isn't <laughs> this isn't me saying that Dave Ross needs to be fired. Even though there's a tweet out there that when we had Don Frederick on, I you know. He called me out on it, and we discussed it, and it's fine. Like, we can all have different opinions. But Greg Council, I think we can all sit here and agree, is one of the best managers in baseball. Pretty good. It's the same scenario with Joe Madden. When Joe Madden became available, Theo was like, I want him. And they went and got him. Like, I don't know. Like, I, to me, yeah, Council. it's all very telling of how deep within the organization David Ross is. And, like... If it leads to winning next year and whatever, fine, great. I hope it does. I hope the team is better next year. I hope that the front office does enough to make the team better and we're not sitting here complaining about David Ross after every loss again. But again, we're talk this this is one of the best managers in, managers in baseball and the Cubs haven't they haven't given him a call to like just check in. What does Craig Council value, I think is the question here cuz if he stays in Milwaukee, he can do no wrong. They can keep making the playoffs and having early exits, and no one's going to call for his head. Maybe a few diehard Brewers fans. He goes to New York. Yeah, That pressure is through the roof. You have a payroll, and I know that the David Stearns connection is there now, but what is council value? Does he want to set the threshold for manager money? Does he care about his peers? Does he want those guys to make more money? Does he want to stay comfortable in Milwaukee? I mean, that's it's really his question. He's got at least one kid in youth sports there. He's got a family. He's got everything set up there. You want to take your expectations and win a World Series in New York, or do you want to just keep kind of, you know, yeah. you want well, to have the ultimate like job security in Milwaukee? Because five he's never times the five times the salary, it might make a difference. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so 
Money talks. You never get it, fired money from the Milwaukee job, though. No. That's ultimate job security. Well, yes, but I thought that about Pat Fitzgerald once at Northwestern. <laughs> and that's a good comp. That's no, I always right. said Fitz is never getting fired at Northwestern. And, um, you know. Well, he okay. also let some bad things Well, happen. I'm just saying, like, you can't, you can't ever say, oh, he would never get fired there. But, like, unless something crazy happens. Right. For, that's a good comp, though. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, similar situation. The ultimate job until... You know, yeah. you let something screw up that was, you know, on the field, but under, yeah. Yeah, something Different outside situations. of uh, losing football games or baseball games. Barb uh, says, does Cody know Ross has another year on his deal? Yes, but I'm pretty sure Rick Renneria's contract wasn't up at the end of 2014. Like, Yeah, I just think you'd have to, you'd have to fire the person and maybe you could have like a back, like I said, a back channel conversation with somebody before you fired that guy. But as I, Kevin pointed out, that's a... Well, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. Again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying that Dave Ross should be fired. Even though, like back in September, I was like, if they don't make the playoffs, he should be fired. I, I understand that there's reason why they're gonna they're keeping him. But you're just saying you like Craig Council. Yeah, I like Craig Council, and I feel like he could he would be a step up. I think we can all sit here and agree with that. That's that to me. That's that's. That's the facts. He's a more proven manager than David Ross. Yeah. I don't. I don't think anybody could debate that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we're gonna get to the grading in just a bit. Um, did you guys see that uh, Dorothy Ooh. passed away this weekend? Dorothy Su- Carroll, yeah. super fan Dorothy. I always knew her as the silver-haired lady, right? <laughs> that I didn't even know her name was Dorothy for the longest time. But as a kid growing up watching Cubs fans or Cubs games, excuse me, <clears throat> on WGN they would. Always show the seventh inning stretch. And Arnie Harris, the director back then, always. I mean, you could not watch a seventh inning stretch from like 85 to 2000 without ever missing this woman. She was always right behind the visitors. She was always first row. And the silver-haired lady. And I remember my watching games with my grandparents, and they were like, who is that who is that woman? They wanted to know so badly. Why do they keep showing this same lady at the same game? And then she finally got interviewed at the World Series by Ken Rosenthal. Now, a lot of people knew her, uh, you know, in the in the group of Cubs fans, everyday mm-hmm. Cubs fans. Like, for instance, do I think my parents know who Bleacher Jeff is? No, no, they don't know who Bleacher <laughs> Jeff is, right? They don't know my tie guy. They don't know Danny Rocket. They probably don't know you yet. Well, they know, okay, they know Cody. Credit they, to them for knowing credit me. Credit to them. <laughs> but they don't know. If I said Bleach or Jeff, they would look at me with a blank stare. But Dorothy is someone that every Cubs fan from like mid-80s to at least 2000 and beyond, if you said, hey, she's the, the silver-haired lady sitting in the front row during the seventh inning stretch, you're like, oh, I know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like Eminem guy or uh, the pink hat, right? Pink, pink hat guy. Yeah. That's kind of the same thing. But she was always there. And... What did you say? You retweeted the she, interview with Ken Rosenthal? Yeah, she did an interview with Ken Rosenthal after the Cubs won game six of the NLCS in 2016. Uh, it's on my page if you're looking for it, Kevin. Um, but I'll, like he, Kevin put up uh, Crawley's post uh, from yesterday, too, of some of the pictures of her. Um, she was uh, – yeah, she – she was a, as one might call, a national treasure, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> she, 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 was, she was, however, different than Sister Jean at Loyola. Yes. Uh, right? Uh, yeah. She, she just, uh, 
when I, I remember seeing her, this interview that Kevin's showing uh, on our page right now, I remember seeing it while watching it like on, I get the bar or whatever. I was at the bar when they won game six uh, down where I went to school. And cubby, uh, ear, cubby earrings, cubby jacket. Yeah. She, she like represented in a way during that season, at least she like represented in a way like everyone who had an older family member that liked the Cubs, like going, like going through that world series run. Like she kind of represented yeah. like every, like my, my grandparents passed when I was young and they were Cubs fans. So they didn't get to see it. And I, like just seeing, like listen to her do that interview. And like, it was hilarious. Cause she's talking about how she's going to celebrate and do a shot at Jaeger. Uh, but I don't know. Just like it hit me in the heart a little bit whenever the, she did that because she did that interview with Ken Rosenthal because she just, uh, just reminded me of my, my, what like, I wonder what my grandparents would have done yeah. in that moment. <laughs> like Silver with the Fox, Cubs going I think I might go series. have some Jägermeister yeah, and yeah. the whole, you know, whole country was just embracing the woman at yeah. that point. Yeah. She was, she was, uh, I mean, I obviously I didn't never got to meet her or anything, but she, she just kind of was, I, what, I think uh, Stu from Club 400 kind of said it like that. She was like, she was one of the nicest ladies, but like kind of like a dirty old woman at the same time. <laughs> I think it was Stu. Yeah, uh, I, I, Stu was in here and he, I know he was very close and he had said yeah. that she, her health had not been good for several years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she passed away this weekend. I, yeah. I, I think it was I, do have, I, I'll tell, I do Someone have, I do have a great it. Dorothy story. But I'm not going to share it on the podcast <laughs> just because I don't listen. They know who she is, but I, I, I'm probably I, I'm not going to do that today. Yeah. I, I'm not. Maybe maybe another day I will do it. But it, it sums up from what I've heard, everything I've ever heard about Dorothy. Mm -hmm. She was, well, as they like to say, a wild card. Yeah, a wild card. And uh, a Cubs fan, I believe, season ticket holder since 1984, first row. Imagine how much money she spent on Cubs tickets. Oof. Way, way too many. Imagine what she Oof. spent on Cubs tickets. I, she saw a lot of losing teams, man. Did you see how old she was? <laughs> I, I don't know if I saw she that. She had to have been like, what? She was like anybody nine. In the, anybody in the chat know how old she was? I don't know. Are, are we experiencing some uh, technical difficulties, uh, Kevin? Yes, we can't are. Can't see us. Yeah, can't that's see the best us way to not. enjoy us is by not seeing <laughs> us. By not seeing us. He's, he's Barb says the picture keeps going out. Yeah, you know what um, it is. It, it, it's it's Ryan. It's because Ryan. It's Ryan. Right he's here. got the gremlins in the studio. Yeah. He's like, um, I I would say Dorothy had to be late eighties, mm -hmm. early nineties. I hope she was. You know, I mean, she was go she was sitting at every home game, mm -hmm. front row since eighty four. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she the players knew. I know Ryan Dempster and some other players have, have mentioned her before, and they you know she went to all the Cubs events. She was she was a, a a true wild card, but also a true, for lack of a better term, today diehard Cubs fan. Yeah, it, again, uh, condol condolences to her family because I in the interview that I referenced, she talked about how like her brothers and. Like yeah, parents like her father. You know, everybody had, were all gone. Yeah, uh, for obvious, like obviously yeah, that, that makes point. sense. At that she's point. like, all I got, all I have is the Cubs. Right, and so, um, you know, I'm sure that's uh, she will she will be remembered for so, a long, yes. long time. If you, if you pour one out today, pour, pour one, out. one out for Dorothy. Yeah, go ahead, Cody. Mm. <laughs> uh, 
I'll pour one out. I'll oh, pour one out. And we're not going to mm-hmm. we're not pour it out in the studio. We'll do it later today. Yeah. Still trying to get the picture back up for you because I know everybody wants to see our faces on a Monday. Obviously. Like, you know. <laughs> they're uh, still still looking around. They're like, can we get the soft Barbara Walters focus? <laughs> Cody doesn't even know who that is. But anyways, you know what I'm saying. Uh, Cody, tell us about Circa Sportsbook because, you know, that's <sighs> a place where you can get uh, make a little – little extra cash, and then you might be able to sit front row like Dorothy at a Cubs did, game. Did you see I won 350 bucks this weekend on Ex- a three-leg parlay? Excuse me? Yeah. 300 Is that where you got the bright new orange no. Illinois? That looks like a brand new sweatshirt. I've had this for a while. Mm. Uh, 300 bucks. Yeah, 350 Didn't even bucks. bring in treats for uh, Shout out to Kansas and Oklahoma for going over in the final minute of that barn burner. Yeah. Uh, that led to me winning. So, uh... Circa, you could play, you could place a fifty dollar parlay and win three hundred fifty bucks like I did at Circa. Uh, they uh, games will strive to be a minus one ten split on the Circa Sports menu, unlike other sports books which may use minus one fifteen, minus one twenty. Circa Sports keeps as little money as possible on large market bets, especially compared to other books. Uh, they have, you know, their the Circa Sports does not limit players based on their winnings. Say you're on a heater like I was this weekend mm-hmm. again, win three hundred bucks. Uh, on a parlay, uh, Circus Sports uh, does not limit players based on their winnings. Every player has the same limits, unlike other books who do limit winning players. Uh, they, you know, the the best thing after that though. Don't limit my happiness. Don't you can't. I'm not going to limit your happiness, Luke. But the one of the best things is mm-hmm. that the the customer service is top notch because there's no chat bots like there are at other uh, books. Um, you know, the real people behind the Circus Sports brand who resolve issues in a timeline fashion, unlike other books who use chatbots. So download the Circus Sports app at circusportscom slash Illinois app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties and tailgates. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER, text G-A-M-B to 833-234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com. Very nicely done. Hey, you guys in the market for a new vehicle? If you are, then we have some great news for you. Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram in Fox Lake has just joined the CHGO team at Ray CDJR. You're always able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and find unforgettable savings. And right now, during Ram Power Days at Ray CDJR, CDJR only in Fox Lake, you're able to secure 0% financing or 17% off new Ram models. But that's not all. Now through October 31st, that's just tomorrow, guys. You only have till the end of Halloween. Explore their newly renovated showroom and take advantage of limited time, seven-year anniversary savings. So if you're in the market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram because they're the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more information, visit Ray CDJR in Fox Lake or RayCDJR.com today, serving the community since 1963. I see we, we're back up. We got picture again. Oh, we're up? We are back up. We just don't see the monitor. Yeah. Sometimes cords don't like to work. I got people in the chat saying I walked away. I didn't walk away. I was still here. Still Kevin here. walked away. I, so now, see, I don't see the chat. Barb is going. She is, she is on one today, though. She's, She's like, did, did they hire Stevie Warner to produce the show? Oh, wow. <laughs> Christ, Barb. What's going on, man? Jeez. Come on. That is. Uh, yeah. You know, sometimes difficulties happen. We're back. We're back. I think. 
I'll, uh, I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen again. If it does, though, I mean, yeah, feel free to keep dropping lines on me. We got 48 in the chat. How many likes do we got, though? Not 17. Enough. Not make enough. Make it make sense, all Not right? Not enough. I am once again asking you all to hit the like button. You think Ryan's at home giving us a thumbs down just absolutely. to spite us? Probably. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Probably a Herrera thumbs down for us today. Garrett says, my girlfriend girlfriend is flying to Chicago today. She's officially based there for work, and I'm incredibly jealous. Mm. Well, we do love living in Chicago. Living except in the, the winter, city except is, for the wintertime. Is, uh, yeah, I, living in the city outside of the months of January and February, I think, is you can't go wrong in terms of the weather. You, I, I will say yesterday was pretty cold for a fall yeah. day. Uh, yeah, it was. Today's beautiful. Um, I can yeah. see the chat now. I pulled it up on my phone. Our monitor in here is not working. So, today is a report card day. Is it? And we're we doing are grading. grades again? Yeah, oh. grades are back. Grades mm. are back. The actual baseball season is not over. We continue grading the players <laughs> doing because the Cubs season October, is man. over. Um, I look forward to not doing grades in October. I want to do grades in November. That's what I want to do, grades. That would be nice if we could push it back a month. But unfortunately, the whole month of October has been grades. Yep. Uh, this this is an interesting one today. Say Suzuki. Yep. Um, he's another one of these players on the Cubs. And I, I said Dansby, to me, was the most hot-button name on the Cubs because all season long in the chat, you would see that. People are like... He's not worth the money. Who is this guy? Or they were like, this guy's spectacular. Mm-hmm. And we gave him pretty good grades. I, well, we all gave him an A, right? We all, we all gave him an A. I gave him an A minus because of I, I, I wanted him to carry them in the final month of the season, the final weeks of the season, and in some key spots, he didn't. Yeah. That's, that's a real tough bar to set for the guy. Yeah. But, you know. The biggest guy in the payroll, and and mm-hmm. he had a great season. He's probably going to win a, a Gold Glove. And, and again, I don't think an A minus is a bad grade. I just think the player himself would have said I have room for improvement. So here's my own A minus. Seiya Suzuki is also a hot button guy because expectations are there, fair or not, when he comes in and signs his contract two years ago, and he shows up at spring training and he's all beefed up. Mm-hmm. And on this podcast, we're just giddy. We're like, oh, man, healthy sale. Look at him now. 40 home run season. He's going to lead the Cubs and homers. This is it. This is Saya's breakout year. Second season in the majors since coming over from uh, Japan, and he's going to do it. And then the oblique injury in spring training. And we're just like, womp, womp, womp. But Mm -hmm. David Ross, at some point, through a struggling season to where my report card would have been much lower. Ugly. It would no, it would have been an ugly report card. Yeah. At some point, David Ross says, sit down and watch for a couple days. Take a seat, just reset yourself. And from that point forward, other than one play in the outfield, which we will talk about, mm-hmm. from that point forward, he was everything you want in that right fielder. Um my grade is a straight B. I'll tell you I'll tell you in a minute why I didn't go higher than B and why I didn't go lower than a B. What did you give him? I I too gave him a B. I, I think it's a fair grade. I, yeah. I I really do. I think we could be you maybe you want to call us homers, maybe you want to say we're haters. I don't know. I think that usually means we got the grade right. Yeah. 
so here's why I gave him a B. Because um, when he's when he's playing well, he looks like one of the best hitters in baseball. Like from August 9th to the end of the year, he was one of the best hitters in baseball. He had the highest slugging percentage of the last two months of the year uh, in baseball. Not, not in the Central, not in just the National League. Mm-hmm. I believe in baseball. He was slugging like 700 the last two months of the year. But... In 211 plate appearances from June 1st till August 8th, which is right before he got inserted back in the lineup after he mm-hmm. was sitting, he hit 213, had an on-base percentage of 280, and slugged 309 with a weighted runs created plus of 61. Had a strikeout rate of 26.5%, which is above league average, I believe. Which you don't want to be above league average in, in strikeout rate. Um, he only had three homers over that time span. And, like, this is a big sample size. Like, he was not good from June and July until, and then, then, you know, the first part of August, too, where, you know, he was, he sat, right? Right. Um, But he was good in May. Like, he came back from the oblique injury, and actually, I remember his first game back from the oblique injury, he hit a home run in Los Angeles. And we were all like, oh, he's back. Like, here's the hoping that he's going to have a good season now, right? Like, we clearly tell a difference. Like his defense in right field was immensely better than anyone else that they were putting out there. We we saw Trey Mancini out there. We saw Patrick Wisdom out there. We saw Miles Mastroboni out there. Oh, Ugh. right. Saw a little bit of Morell out there too. Yeah, I saw yeah. Morell out there some. Right. Yeah. Um, I for me it's a B because we're going into another like off season of just hoping that he can be more consistent next year. In last season, in his first year. I think he gets a pass because he came from Japan and like the whole like, you know, his he, he had never faced anyone in America and all this stuff. Like there's a whole transitional phase. It's not just something that you can just automatically get to and, and play great all the time. Now, I know the guy that the Red Sox signed, he kind of had the same situation. He was an all-star this year. He was great in the first half of the year, but he wasn't very good for them in the second half. So in, in some aspects, he was kind of the same in his first year with Boston. Uh, so for me, it's just, he needs to be more consistent. That that's, that that's it. When he is playing, when he's hitting, like he did the last two months of the year and playing defense, like he did all season. That's the one thing I'll say he was consistent with this year. He was a really good defensive right fielder comparably to his first year. That was probably his big, his best improvement until, until that one particular play <laughs> for sure. And, no, you're and, right. and we sat here and said that, yes, he dropped that ball, but that is not the reason they lost that game. Right. Um, but well, yes, it's not the only reason they lost the game. It's not the only reason. But they you're lost right, though. When he's good mm-hmm. offensively, he changes the Cubs lineup. Mm-hmm. Not, and you can't say that about every player. Like right. some guys still have flaws. Like Morell's good, yeah, he changes the lineup. When this guy, when Wisdom's good, he changes the lineup. But there are still some flaws there. When Madrigal's good, there's still some flaws there. When Saya's good, it's about as good as it gets in right field. Like right. he. He can be that impactful if he can be the, the big word Cody used, and it's it's a hundred percent spot on, consistent. Can he do it consistently? Can he stay healthy? He hasn't stay done that healthy. for two years, right? And then can when he's here and playing, can he be consistent? And that's you know that's a something we should hold every player mm-hmm. to. That's best that's availability the, or the best ability is availability. That's right? it. And you can and you mentioned the the part where he was terrible, right? Mm-hmm. You can't. If you're making the grades, I saw some A-minuses. I saw Dubs, Miranda, and then I saw on the other side, 
Godfather, uh, Michael Collada saying C plus only good half of the year. You you can't erase the other half. Right. You can't erase the other piece. Don't erase the Justin Fields that missed a bunch of passes, and don't erase the Justin Fields that ran for two hundred plus yards. You, they're both the same person. Mm-hmm. You, you don't get to erase the good or the bad. Everything counts. So that's why I went B. Some stats that I found that I thought were interesting that maybe I would have, I may have gone B plus. Okay, when I went and started picking apart, okay, in batting average, 14th in all of baseball. Again, I know it's not a perfect stat. Mm-hmm. 14th best batting average in all, in all of baseball, 285. You know where he stands in all right fielders in batting average? Third, behind Acuna and Betts. Slugging percentage, 28th in baseball. But you know where he stands in right field? Fifth best right fielder. You know where he stands in OPS of all right fielders for the entire season? Fourth. So in batting average, slugging percentage, and OPS, Seiya Suzuki is a top five right fielder in Major League Baseball. The players that he's behind in slugging, Ronald Acuna, Mookie Betts, Kyle Tucker, and Adolis Garcia. (laughs) Wow. Okay, pretty good company. Pretty good company. So how did the catch, or lack thereof, the drop, the big drop, we know it... He'll probably live that down for the rest. I mean, that that it's not Buckner in the World Series, but it is certainly Brant Brown against the Brewers. How did that drop? Because I would say it was, you could argue it was the biggest play of the season. Yeah, I mean. How did it impact your grade? I dropped my grade a full half grade just because I think that may have been one of the, well, the it was certainly the one of the, it might've been the nail in the coffin. It was certainly one of the biggest plays of the season. And, for sure. and I'm not blaming him solely for it, mm-hmm. but I went from a B plus to a B because I don't think you can forget the bad part of the season. Right. And I know I can't forget that drop fly ball. For sure. I, I guess for me, like the drop fly ball, it certainly brings the grade down, uh, but I, I'm just looking at it as a full season. Like, you could tell the difference in right field when he wasn't there. Like, fair. You know what I mean? That's like, fair. That's, that's the thing. So, even when he wasn't hitting, you still had good, you had a good defensive outfielder in right field. You, you at least still had that. And um, I don't know. Like, I know that he's got to be more consistent. You, We all know that. But I, I thought that the defense in right field was like visibly much better than year one. Everybody has a bad play. Everybody has a bad day. It just came at the wrong time. Right. And again, yeah, he lost the game. Sure. But he's not the reason that they lost that game. Right. Like they led six to zero in that game and they blew it as a whole. Other guys stunk. Yeah. What you're saying. So, uh, like in the moment, yeah, you, yeah, you can go on my, you can go back and watch those post games. You can go on my TikTok account. Like I, I was, I was fucking angry, man. Like you got to catch that ball, but we all know that you know them blowing the lead in general was the is the reason that you know that they lost that game more so than him just dropping that ball. But I get why you know he dropped you dropped him a little bit just because of that missed catch, and it probably really was like the nail in the coffin to the season because they lost that game, and then you know. The rest of the season, it was, it was. If you have to pick, to if you have to pick three plays from the season, yeah. you know it's, you know it's one of the three plays. In five years, you'll go back and say, oh, okay, twenty twenty three. Okay, it was the Talkman catch 
the say a drop, and uh, it might end there for me. The morel walk off against the White in Sox. six months. You uh, oh, there's one. Okay, yeah. those three. Those, those, those are, are the three, three moments of the season. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will say this: like, I, I think we can all agree that say Suzuki is a better baseball player than Brant Brown was for the Cubs. Yes, and he's he's probably yes. better at football than Velas Jones too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Um, Same result, but yes. I don't think, like, I think if the Cubs are good next year and he is a big part of it, I think we will, in some aspects, forget about that one particular play. I don't think that play is going to define his his Cubs tenure. I, I, I highly doubt that. He is too good of a baseball player to let that, um, you know, define his tenure with the Cubs. So I look forward to next year with him. Uh, I am optimistic that he will be a more consistent player. I think health is a big thing. So, uh, again, I Collada going with the C plus, like I get it. Like maybe, maybe you down him just because a, he didn't really play much. He didn't, he didn't play, uh, you know, he didn't start the year. So didn't play the first couple weeks of the year. Uh, and then just wasn't consistently good for legitimately two months. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see somebody giving him a C yeah. or a C plus. I, I don't disagree with B that. B minus C plus for me. Yeah. He's a right a minus is high for me. Oh, yeah. Man. He's not an A minus. Not, not, but, this but year. the stats I just gave you when I say he was top five in, in multiple of, of all right fielders in baseball, if you're just talking about the position he plays and the job he does, he ranks up there with some of those guys. In those offensive, what were yeah, those offensive categories? Uh, slugging percentage, batting average, and OPS. He's top yeah. five in all of baseball. He's yeah. an above average league hitter. I mean, looking at his stats from this year to last year, that, that's that's the thing, Cody. Like, what are we going to do with next season? Is it is this going to be another indication of where he is as a player? Like, is this going to be 2-0 player in year one, 2-7 war year two? Walk percentage goes up, strikeout percentage goes down. Mm-hmm. All indications that he's improving in year two, health was a concern. But you're right. In order for him to be an A player in, you know, in any major league facet, you got to keep the offensive category, but you got to be a little bit more league average defensively. He's still a negative D war player this year, just slightly. Mm-hmm. Still probably around a league average outfielder in terms of defense. If you're setting Mookie Betts as the gold standard, then Nasea. Yeah. But he still had a good year. I mean, yeah. Still had a good year. Yeah, B B is a very fair grade for... Got to be available. 111 games in 2022 and 138 games this season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, not enough. I, I need... Yeah. He was his, his overall war. He was a 3.2 war player. Uh, fan graphs, of course. And comparably to 2022, he was a 2.1 F4 player. So uh, he got more play appearances this year. 583 compared to 446. So even though he was hurt, he still played more games. Uh, but overall, like you look at you look at the the numbers, and it just it feels like the the he's, you still feel like he hasn't hit that ceiling yet. Yeah, right. Like twenty two percent strikeout rate for the season and a ten point one percent walk rate. Like you take that from anyone. You like if the ceiling is mm-hmm. after David Ross set him, including the drop fly ball. If that if the late season say it for two months that we saw is the guy, mm-hmm. which again, that's not a massive sample size, but if that's the high ceiling, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in Absolutely. on that guy. I, th- I think if the Cubs add to the roster, like we keep saying they're, they need to, and they should this off season, mm-hmm. that's, I think that uh, honestly is only going to make him, you know, a even more valuable player next year. 
I just that because if right. he's been able to do what he's done with the roster that they've put together the last two years, I think like my bold prediction for next year. Oh, perhaps, wait a minute. Are we getting ahead of ourselves? That's, perhaps uh, that's another a, podcast. We got to save some of these things. Perhaps next season, perhaps if I, if you want me to get real optimistic is that he could be a five war player next wow. year. Wow. Mm, I thought you were going to say MVP. He's got to stay on the field and he, well, you know, five war players, a lot of them can be in the MVP race. Right. But, uh, if he, if, if, if they add to the roster and he continues to trend up like he has, like he did this year, comparatively to last year, yeah, I think he could be a, a, at least a four-war player, but the ceiling, I think, is a five-war player. And I see what Evil Wax is saying. Like I can see him being a 30-home run guy, but until he plays more games every year, yeah. I can't say he's a 30-home run guy. Yeah. Um, one thing you can always count on, Cody, would be our friends at Sunnyside <sighs> Cannabis Dispensary. Thank God I have Sunnyside because the Bears, once again... Uh, hurt me yesterday, and life just wouldn't have been as good if I didn't have Sunnyside to help me get through that. Gummies. Sunnyside is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your football season, no matter where you are on your cannabis journey, folks. Uh, There's easy easy online ordering and in-store pickup. And they have a great transparent loyalty program called Sunnyside Rewards. It's Illinois' favorite dispensary. They have the Sunnyside House of Brands, uh, like Mindy's, the best-tasting gummy and and chocolate edibles created by James Beard, award-winning chef Mindy Siegel, and Cresco Labs. They have other ones like Good News. Uh, They have Cresco, which is a reliably excellent cannabis, consistent quality experience and availability of flower vapes, concentrates, and pre-rolls. High supply, floracle. Uh, wonder and remedy uh, through October 31st. It's coming up. So get get there while you still can. Through October 31st, head to sunny sunnyside.shop and use code CHO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. One use per customer, not stackable with other promotions. That's not only for new customers. Anyone can use our code. Pick, it, pick up everything you need to elevate your football season. Must be 21 plus or an Illinois med card holder. Again, you can use the code more than once. Ooh, yeah, that's always nice. Reuse the coupon. Goose Island, the official beer of CHO. Chicago's beer since 1988. The Oktoberfest is out right now. You get the beer hug family. 312 Weed Ale and the Full Pocket Pilsner. That's Cody's choice for the mm. celebration beer chug and the beer bat after a Cubs win. Uh, what do you when you when it goes off season? Do you stick with the Full Pocket Pilsner or you just go 312 because you're not using the beer bat? Uh, and I really, you probably should be. Keeping steady with the beer bat. I know you got to take a little off season, but don't let the game slide. Don't let the game slide. <laughs> uh, well, you know, once once we make some some off season moves, we'll we'll bring it. We'll definitely be bringing it back. Uh, when when they sign Otani, we'll do like I don't know three beer bats on one. Yeah. Show. Uh, <laughs> full pocket Pilsner is like it's it's, it's 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 still the way to go because it's light. That's why I like it. Doesn't make you feel like you know a, a lot of beers. If they're a little heavy, they kind of make you feel a little bloated. Yeah, and I don't, I don't like that feeling. Not so, Goose Island beers, and I'm not someone who's just gonna have one beer. I mean, I'm I'm am just being honest with you guys. Right. So, uh, full pocket pilsner is the way to go. Just uh, keeps you uh, moving and uh, feeling the same all the way throughout. So. Grab ultra fresh brewery exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park, or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company. 
Chicago's beer. A few minutes left on today's show. It is Monday, October 30th. Barb, I did not bet on the Bears. And Barb, Ryan is not at school. He is sick today. He called in sick. He's not at school. <laughs> she always thinks he's at school. It's my favorite Barb bit. I assume it's a bit. I, I like, are, we, are they live? Are, yeah, they live? are they live is always a good one, too. All right, you know what the heck? Let's grade Patrick Wisdom while we're at it today. Fine. We got, we got a little time. Why not? Yeah, have some time. He wizzy. Sat down with us, did a nice interview, right? I mean, beautiful historic Wrigley Field. Super nice guy. His, his numbers at the end of the season, 205 batting average, 23 home runs, a war of 0. 0.3. Uh, here's the number. Here's why I went C. A couple of reasons. He's making $763,000. Now, for the rest of us here in the live chat, we'd all be thrilled with $763,000 a year. But in Major League Baseball, that's like you and I going to McDonald's and getting minimum wage. Yeah, it, 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 It's like bare bones for a baseball player. It's almost nothing. Um, $763,000, I can put up with an, a very imperfect player. I, I don't need a perfect player for under a million dollars. So he's certainly that. But the last three years, he's at 28 homers, 25 homers, 23 homers. Now, granted, like half of those were in April. Yeah. If you, if you take, again, I say you can't take it out, but if you were taking that out, then you would look at the season and go, oh, woof, woof. Mm -hmm. But you can't, you can't forget April, and you can't forget the rest of the season. So for what they're paying him, I would say he's a C. Now, is he, is he a guy I want to see playing penciled in as your everyday third baseman for the Chicago Cubs? The answer is no. No. The answer is no. But is he a guy I would like to see? I'm, I, I would be totally happy with on the Cubs bench at that salary. Yeah, I, I, mm -hmm. I don't really have a problem with it. Yeah. <clears throat> he provides the power. Yeah. yeah. He can change a game with one swing. Yeah. He, he does. that guy off the bench. Absolutely. He, I mean, he hit, 20, he hit 23 home runs. In 268 at bats, Jamer Candelario hit 22 homers in 500 at bats. Okay, yeah, that's not even close. I'm not. E I'm not even saying Jamer's not a better. Jamer probably had a better season, a more consistent season. Mm -hmm. But don't tell me Patrick Wisdom didn't give you anything the last three years. He has. Yeah, I, I went. I, maybe I'm a little harsh here. I hate doing this because like, they are people. Um, but I went with a D plus just because mm. I don't, I wouldn't say I had high expectations coming into the season, but I, I had, I, I had expectations of improvement because I thought the roster was better. And so I thought that that would make him better. Mm -hmm. Um, instead he went from a 34% strikeout rate in 2022 to 36.8% strikeout that's, rate. So that's so, the part that hurts. So it went back up and uh, listen, as someone who's sitting here a, a lot this October complaining about the Cubs, not have still not having, or for letting Kyle Schwarber walk for nothing. Uh, he is Patrick Wisdom is a poor man's uh, Kyle Schwarber. In my opinion, like uh, Kyle Schwarber, a right-handed Poor man's version. Yeah, like it's <laughs> yeah. exactly like he. That's basically what it is. The thing, the difference is, is Kyle Schwarber hit over has hit over forty bombs the last two seasons, and Patrick Wisdom hit twenty three this year, uh, and he hit twenty five the year before. And if you're going to strike out that that much, you you gotta you gotta you gotta hit forty bombs, right? And you yeah. gotta 
you got to get find ways to get on base. And uh, yeah, I know he had a 9.9% walk rate this year, but um, it just felt like every, uh, there was so many times where we were all like, just like face palming because of Patrick wisdom, whether it mainly because of defense, like the amount of times that we sat on post game and complained about him playing <laughs> yeah. first base. I mean, that's not his fault. No, I mean, the, the wrong, they had nobody to the, play the, first, and I, the, right. I don't know that he should have been an option. Right. Well, ideally, he is in a role like he was in the second half of the year. He yeah. played much better in the second yeah. half of the season uh, because he was a part-time player. He, they specifically only played him against left-handed pitching, and he was visibly better with the bat. But his defense, was it, it took another downturn this year. I remember in 2021... When especially after the trade deadline, he was he was a very solid third baseman defensively. But that that, that it's only continued to go down. In twenty twenty one, he was a two point three F four player. Last year, one point one, and this year, zero point seven F four. Like he has trended down the last two years comparably to the first year that he was on the Cubs and got full time got full time playing. Um, but for what you're saying as far as the role or like. Like how, and how much he's making? Sure, like I a C is fine. I guess for me, I had a little bit higher expectations, and the reason being is because the Cubs went into the season with him penciled in as the third baseman. No, no one thought like going into the year, no one thought Nick Madrigal was going to get as many at bats as he ended up getting, or as many games at third base that he ended up getting. Obviously, I think a lot of it is more on just the Cubs not filling the hole, but. Right. I had higher expectations just because I thought you're adding Cody Bellinger to the roster. You have you have Horner, you have Swanson. You had better offensive talent in the in in the lineup this year, and I just felt like that was going to help him. That was going to get help him get uh, you know maybe cut down the strikeouts to maybe thirty percent. See better pitches, yeah. all this, yeah, all that. And instead of the strikeout rate coming going from thirty four to thirty, perhaps it went up and. I think a lot, again, I do think a lot of it is just the fact that they there were times where they had to play him because they didn't have anyone else and stuff like that. And until Candelario came to the roster and he was finally able to play in the role that I think suits him best, which is face left-handed pitching, you know, bench guy, whatever. Until that happened, he just didn't, He, he to me, he was very disappointing. And I get, like, maybe I, my obviously my expectations were a little too high, but... I can't go higher than a D plus just because he he was a disappointing player for me this year. Credit to me for admitting this ahead of time. But I remember doing a post game show in April where he I think he was at ten homers there. It was re, it was real fast, right? Ne- never forget the <clears throat> the series against the Athletics. And and we like hit a and I remember <laughs> saying I believe something like this came out of my mouth. You know what? If this guy, this guy might hit 40 bombs this year. Now, I never envisioned the next four months of the season would go the way they did after that April. But it just goes to show you, don't forget, a month is a small sample size in baseball. So that's why I don't want to overreact to, say, his struggles, and it's why I don't want to overreact to the last couple months either. Like, let's, let's zoom out and look big picture. So that's why I went B there. But I remember specifically saying on a on a post game show he might hit forty bombs. I don't see how he wouldn't. He's already got ten, and we're in April. And then I said, "This is the part that really is damning of me." I said, 
you might not, if he plays like this, you can stop looking for your everyday third baseman. <laughs> I said it. Yeah, yeah I don't I said it because, you know what? I got a little of the Cody juice, and all of a sudden, I, things started swirling around in my real. head. Yeah, all of a sudden, I, was, I started to believe like Cody. I, I started seeing home runs go out. The It was hashtag vibe with us. He was doing beer bats. And the next thing I know, I'm saying, this is your everyday third baseman. He might hit 40 bombs. Yeah, the Cubs are above 500 for the first time in what felt like 100 years. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's why right. this year we are going to have the cool off water bottle where each of us, if somebody says something Spray crazy, bottle. just a just shoot him in the face if he says something asinine. Because at that point, you guys could have taken out a garden hose and hosed me down. I didn't know what I was talking the about. The 40 home run thing's not a bad take. I don't think so. Well, I mean... Again, the I don't, third I, don't, a bad I don't math. I avoided it in college, but same. <laughs> once he's already got 10 or 11 home runs and it's the first month of the season to say the guy could hit 25, 30 more doesn't seem great. Didn't seem crazy to me. Let me pose this question. You guys, if the Cubs go into next season with Patrick wisdom as their designated hitter, are you mad about that? Yes. Cause yes. Shohei's not here. Shohei or Juan Soto no, is not here. That means one of those two guys is now if, is that a bad option at DH? So I really don't think so. No, if Bellinger is back and I, Ramirez is playing third mm-hmm. or Pete Alonso, well, Pete Alonso's probably. I say good. it's a bad option because I think we saw the like we we continue to see the flaws in his his game. Like yeah. he's only really mm-hmm. good against left-handed pitching. I want he him just, as my it, bench bat. I want yeah. him as a guy that could play third base for me if he had to. He could play first base if he had to, or he could DH, but more importantly, he could pinch hit when we need a big hit, a home run, and we're down three runs in the seventh inning, or you need to play the guy every once in a while. Yes, then I'll play him. Yeah. But I don't think I want I, – I still don't think I want him as an everyday player, even as a DH. He's not an everyday – he's just not an everyday I don't want. Player. I don't want four of those at-bats, 162 games. Like – and this is why, like, it's, my grade is a D plus is because I had higher expectations that he could be a nice role player. Like, I thought with an improved roster, even though this roster was, you know, had its holes, it was improved comparatively to 2022. And By a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And he went into this year and was, you know, based off wins above replacement, was not as good as even 2022, and the roster was better. So, yeah, to me, he's a... He's a bench. He's a bench bat. He's a guy that you know when you need a home run or something, you can give him the chance. And if, if you start him, it's against left-handed pitching. So that's, that's a good his, point. That's his role on a good team because yeah. let's face. I mean, there is no way they are going to even. He cannot. I don't. And here's my situation that I don't want to see this year. That if, if Bellinger doesn't come back and you go out and get a different first baseman, okay, we'll we'll see what happens there. Do not go into next season with Patrick Wisdom as your backup. First and third platoon guy that that can't happen. We can't see that again. If he's he, he's a good for what he's getting paid and wants to DH, that's fine. But he cannot be a backup option at one of those positions. You got to have more depth there. And uh, that what if Madrigal's happen. the backup at one of those perfect. positions? Perfect. You're okay with that, right? I'm perfect with Madrigal being the backup third baseman. Yeah, playing once or twice a week. Sure. Yeah. yeah. What I would say about wisdom is he still has a skill that is very valuable in baseball. Hitting home runs. Exactly. So there's mm-hmm. there's still a spot for that guy on a really good team. That spot is less valuable when the team is bad mm-hmm. or average. But on a really good team, that can be a very valuable piece to have. And again, valuable when you're paying him less than a million dollars. Yeah. I the 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 positive for wisdom 
He had a 109 way runs created plus. So he was a, he was above as far as an overall offensive player. He was above league average. And he and he does the neck talk thing neck when he goes he around. He's good third vibes. Base, so he's, you know, he's for vibes. Good, he's up there. He's, he's good vibes. I I just I I don't know. I it's it's on the Cubs for the fact that he probably had this season. But I think they also wanted to see if he could, you know, play better in a, you know, a, with a better roster. They know. And, now and, they know. And they, they, they definitely know. have the answer. And, I, you know, you can criticize the Cubs for even believing or thinking it to start with. But, uh, yeah, he, he he is a bench player next year. Like, that, that's just that. He's a bench player who faces left-hand pitching. That's how he gets in the starting lineup. That's just what it or, is. Or somebody wants to trade for him. I also have some breaking news here. Oh, I figured out the camera situation. Oh, by okay. The way. It was not the producer. We're too good looking for the camera, and yes. it just started overheating. Although, did you see Godfather goes, wow, you guys look great when it was black screen. Appreciated that. What was it? Was it was overheating. It camera, was. I told camera, you overheating. The camera was overheating. It was not the producer. Barb, I'm doing fine. So how did we fix it? How is we that? just replaced the camera with the other one. Studio A's camera is now in here, well, and we're working on Studio B's camera out there. We What we need to work on in Studio B is... The heat, it's it's always hot in it here. It's always hot in here. And the one negative about this table setup, again, it's more comfortable than the weird chairs. But the one negative is we don't get to see the Jordans. We don't get to see the shoes. Cody doesn't uh, get to show off his shoes. He is wearing a pair of ones right now. And the people want to see. Oh, we got a super chat before we go. We do. It's from Michael. He says, stop calling for wisdom versus lefties. Look up his numbers and splits. He's better against righties. Okay. Um, well, well, well I will look it up. All right, because I'm, I'm. I just want to see him play less. But eight other guys in the lineup were better um, against righties. Um. So, like, yeah, I, I get what you're calling from, but that if that's his way of getting in the lineup, and you need a guy to have a day off, that that's wisdom's ticket to getting in the lineup. I think that's all that you guys were trying to say. Well, uh, he has to be a less played player if that makes sense next year it's not i don't it's not that i don't want him on the team they need to they need to improve that spot mm-hmm. right. on the team with a more consistent solution he can fit two roles he can play third base occasionally and he's a dh he can't play anywhere yep. else or a pinch hitter yeah. the numbers the numbers aren't very different i guess comparably the lefty him versus lefty versus you know righty versus righty uh okay Michael, I'll give credit to me for giving you credit. A 114 way runs created plus uh, versus righties comparably to a 104 way runs created plus. Fine. He had an 805 OPS against righties, 769. Nice. Uh, against lefties. Um, he slugged higher against righties uh, than he did lefties. Um, his batting average against lefties was higher than it was against righties. So whatever, I, it's it's not much different. But all I know is I feel better about him facing lefties than I do him facing righties. But and that's not saying much because he still struck out over. He struck out thirty seven percent of the time against righties and thirty six percent of the time against lefties. Like again, it's it's all the same. I just think he matches up better against lefties than he does righties. So whatever. It it he is a bench player. Uh, before we go, Barb, with the uh, post of the day in the live chat, that's why we gave her five stars on Thursday. She says, give the bad camera to the Sox chat. Nobody cares about them. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. We love the Sox, guys. 
You know, if I was going to be here tomorrow, which I'm not, I w- we could have dressed up as Colada and Barb for Halloween. Oh, that'd be huh? right. How? I mean, I don't, I don't know how to vision cult, like Godfather and Godmother. We should have just gone to obvious shirts and had shirts made up. Yeah. Oh, Barb. Barb. Oh, Michael yeah. Collada. We yeah. got to get Collada on the show. That's what we're we doing. Him in studio. You remind yeah. me, because I won't remember any of that. Him. That's a genius great. idea. Yeah. I won't remember it, but next year... On Halloween, He'd we go great. to obvious shirts. We have the individual ones made up. We get I, I get one that says Barb. He gets one that says Colada. <laughs> Maybe Niren or somebody for somebody. You know. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, I uh, I like that idea. Honestly, <laughs> pretty good. Every once in a while, that or we should, just get, finds an we should just get like the name tags, like Jim from the Office. Oh yeah, just Halloween. slap them on. Slap a thing on here that says Hi, my name is Barb, or Hi, my name is Godfather. <laughs> That's a know? cheap way of doing it. Though, like. <laughs> Hey, what is also cheap and a great benefit to you is being a CHGO diehard. Cost you almost nothing. Premium written content from Ryan Herrera at the member selection, member section at allchgo.com. 20% off all of our events. Big discount. 20% off all of our dope merch. All of the time. You'll look good in your sick drip. Free shirt when you become a member in the members only Discord. Don't forget, at the next tailgate, they've been doing this the last two tailgates. I got another one coming up after the Thursday night football game. X-Golf is giving away a $200 gift certificate to any of their Chicagoland locations. Find the X-Golf nearest you and play at playxgolf.com slash Chicagoland. Again, that is playxgolf.com slash Chicagoland. So get get the diehard discount, get your free shirt, get 20% off the other merch you're going to buy, and then while you're there, you're getting into the tailgate at 20% off, and when you get there, you might win a $200 gift certificate. Ooh, bingo. Last, last tailgate? Uh, I, I just can't wait for the bear season to be over. Those tailgates are a blast, though. The tailgates are my favorite part of the bear season. The watch party at Fireplace Inn last night was fun, too. So. Real quick, on the way home, I got to buy Halloween candy. What should I buy? Don't even Kit- tell me the full-size bars. Can't so, afford it. So Kit Kats are the best Halloween candy. Kit Kat. I was going to go Twix. Kit Kats and Reese's are 1A and 1B. I'd say Twix is probably a B. My, my only I mean, danger in doing the Twix is kids don't come. I eat all the Twix. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, Kit, Kit Kat. Oh, Kit Kats are so elite, Kit, dude. Kit so Kat good. and Twix mm. are the elite candy. Yeah. Uh, Michael says he didn't appreciate my attitude when reading his super chat. Uh, don't let my emotions get in the way of the numbers. I gave you credit, man. I don't know. Like, but Michael, it, we love all, you. all I was saying is that it's not that different. Like, okay, 114 way runs created plus compared to 104. Like, it... it if it was like 130 compared to like 104, okay. But credit to Michael, he was right. I gave him credit. Like I don't credit know what to you me want for me, Integrity for admitting Michael was I right. I think we, we can all sit here and say that Patrick Wisdom is a bench player. All right? I will go in this next season thinking, okay, it doesn't matter who's up. He can he can strike out 35 <laughs> or 37% of the time against lefties or righties. Because that's, that's what it is. That's just what, that's just what it is. Oh, we managed to go over an hour again today. Who's winning game three tonight real quick before we get out of here? Uh, like give me the Diamondbacks. I think the Diamondbacks man. have the feels roll. now, yeah. Give me right. the D. I think I'm going to – I saw uh, – you, you can get a wager on uh, Garcia for two bases or more. I think I might go for that. Oh, I'm riding Cattell Marte hits runs and RBIs again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, those are the wagers. Play them. Speaking of Garcia, remember yeah. when he, the Cardinals trade him for cash considerations? Thanks for the reminder, Cody. Appreciate that. It's my favorite part. 
My favorite part of the uh, yeah, Dolores Garcia It's era. the screensaver on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast. Thanks to everybody in the live chat. We will see you back here live 120 tomorrow with a working camera so you can see our beautiful faces. Whee! Until then, fly the W. <laughs>